Let's stand together and worship our Lord this morning. Sing out, who am I that the highest king would welcome me? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Sing it out. Who the sun sets free, always free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Free at last. Free at last. He has ransomed me. Oh, his grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin. Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. Through the sun sets free, always free in me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house. In my Father's house. There's a place. worshiping him you guys go ahead and be seated for just one moment hey welcome home we want to be more and more like home for you and uh, we're we're trying our best to be good about uh, keeping everything very very clean you know if, if you're standing around here right after first service this fog descends on everything you know as we get everything ready and clean for the next group coming in glad that you're here today hey can i share with you a, a bit of praise uh you know, in part of our ministry that we share to folks who are, are in need, we have a food ministry that we're very, very pleased with first Saturday uh, in every month. Well, because of the partnerships that we have had over the years, uh, we had the opportunity yesterday for a big tractor trailer truck to come up here with loaded down with all kinds of food stuff. We were able to serve 85 families in our community. Give in that some whoo, goodness gracious. Just tremendous. And, and, you know, we have kept ministry going. 
you have made it possible and God in His grace has kept us healthy. We have kept the doors open. We've kept ministry going. We've kept people employed. We've been able to do other things in the community in a tremendous way because of God's faithfulness and because of your faithfulness. So I just want to say thank you. There's so much that still needs to be done, but we're getting to reach out in new and innovative and creative ways. So I'm just so thankful for this weekend. Look, I want to share with you a little emphasis that we're going to have this week and next week. Uh, don't want to inundate you with things, but this, this is really significant. You are here today in large measure because some special people poured into your life Jesus. They helped you understand who you are in Christ. They led you to faith in Christ. They've helped you to grow to understand the Word of God. Many of those have been ministers or ministers' wives. Uh, and today, we want to honor them in a special way. Uh, I, I'm thinking about Brother Floyd, who was the pastor that led me to faith in Christ and began the process of me being discipled. Uh, Brother Floyd's church never ran over more than about 80. It was a tiny little church, uh, and sometimes it was much, much, much smaller even than that. But boy, how they loved Jesus. Boy, they how they loved one another. And he poured into my life. Right here in our community, we have many uh, ministers of little bitty churches, and many of them have spent their lives, 30, 40, 50, 60 years in ministry. And in these little churches, they haven't had much they could set aside for retirement. And they reached the end of their, their ministry, and they, they can't continue to preach anymore. And many times, they don't have much of anything. Our convention, uh, our retirement section of our uh, convention called Guidestone, has a special ministry to these folks. It's called Mission Dignity. And we want to maintain their dignity, but we help them to meet bills. We help them to have enough to where they can, can live with dignity even in these days. And I'm here because people like him were there. This is a video I want you to watch very briefly about Mission Dignity. Please. If it wasn't for my pastor and my church, I wouldn't be in ministry today. My dad grew up 30 miles from the nearest town. He gave his life to Christ because of a pastor who rode out to a small country church every week. Even though my grandparents didn't have a lot, they were always full of joy. They served others out of their love for the Lord. Ministry was just their way of life. It was a pastor in a small church in North Carolina that shared the love of Christ with my parents, and they shared the love of Christ with me. Pima was 125 miles from where we lived. So we would get up about four o'clock on Saturday morning and pile the children in the car. And it was a tough go, but the church grew. My desire was not going to church, but uh, going to a business. But then I met the Lord and he had a different reason for me. I knew that the Lord had called us into missions. So I, I started uh, looking for a place to where I can go and, and be a minister. There were many times that we did lack, but God never forsook us. Through all of the years of pastoring, I wouldn't change them. I wouldn't change the suffering. I wouldn't change the happiness. I wouldn't change anything about it. And I tried to do the 
best that I could for the Lord through my pastorship. And I didn't have a mega church, but I had a mega heart. The buildings we'd rent, there was no baptistry, and, and we'd have to go to the creeks to baptize. And nearly every Sunday, he would baptize somebody. Sometimes he'd have 10, sometimes he'd have two, but Papa preached the word and we'd have revivals. Thousands of people have been saved because of a pastor who sacrificed his own needs to share the gospel. We can show respect, support, and appreciation by giving financially to retired pastors, workers, and their widows. They were there for us. Now it's our turn to be there for them. Whoever started Mission Dignity was uh, listening to the Almighty. Malcolm went home to be with Jesus, knowing that Mission Dignity was help, would help me too. During the 33 years of our ministry, we survived on the generosity of God's people and prayers, and the same is true today. I survive on the gifts and the generosity of God's people that give to Mission Dignity. Right now, um, the group of people that I'm working with at Mission Dignity, we get to help almost 1,800 widows or couples to can be able to continue a respectable life because of the generosity of you and monies that we have had over the years been able to invest. And so this morning, if there's somebody, a pastor or minister's wife, that's poured into you in their honor, let me encourage you to make out a check for Mission Dignity. Just put it in the offering plate as you leave. And we'll be doing that again next uh, Sunday because you may not be prepared to do that today. But join me as we pray for these faithful men and women who have labored so long in the vineyard, received so very little because of it, and now we get a chance to help them live with dignity in their twilight years. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for my pastor that poured into me as a young teenage boy who took me out of my rebellion and, and anger and managed to bring me to you and to be filled with your love and grace. He and Joanne never seemed to have much of anything, but whatever they had, they shared with me and others. So Lord, in, in honor of him and in honor of the other pastors that have poured into mine and Valeria's life, we very, very happily, very joyfully made out our check this morning and pray blessings on all of the funds that we'll gather this week and next to help these precious men and women that have served so faithfully. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being a part of what you're doing to help them live with dignity. We bless you in Christ's name. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand back up and continue our worship this morning. This is a song called Yes and Amen. Sing out, Father of Kindness. Father of kindness, you have poured out grace. You brought me out of darkness, you have filled me with peace. Giver of mercy, you're my help in time of need. Lord, I can't help. Lord, I can't help but sing. Faithful you are, faithful forever you will be, faithful, 
Promises are yes and amen. Sing that again. All your promises are yes and amen. Beautiful Savior. Beautiful Savior, you have brought pulled me from the ashes you have broken every curse amen blessed redeemer you have set this cat but i can't help but sing in Jesus Christ we can rest we can trust we can put our faith in him sing this out with us I will rest in your promises my confidence is your faithfulness I will rest in your promises my confidence is you sing it out with confidence? I will.
Yes and amen. Like I said earlier, the promises of God find their yes in Jesus Christ. That is in 1 Corinthians. And what I want you to know right now is that does not mean that what you ask for, the answer is always yes and amen. What it means is when you seek God, when you seek Jesus Christ, His yes is what is best for you. That every promise that God ever made throughout Scripture was answered by Jesus Christ. That all throughout the Old Testament, every single thing that happened was leading up to a point. Every single promise that God made to a person, to a people, was answered with Jesus. And that's what we celebrate this morning. We're going to continue to sing this morning about God's faithfulness. This is a little bit of a new song. We've done it one time before, but it's called Goodness of God. You guys sing this out with us.
mercy of the Lord will follow me all of the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Just like we said earlier, the answer to the promises, yes and amen, doesn't mean everything I ask for will be given to me. The goodness of God following me every day of my life doesn't mean, oh, now my life's easy from here on out. What it means is the goodness of God the attribute, his goodness, him being good, not him being nice, not him helping you, not him making things easy for you, but him being good. Have you ever known someone who was just good to you? No matter what you did to them, for some reason, they were good. The goodness of God is something so much greater than him making things easy for us. And so that's what we pray this morning the goodness and mercy of the Lord would follow us all of the days of our lives, that His goodness is running after me. Even when I'm running away, His goodness runs after me. It draws me back. Let's sing this chorus out together one more time. All my life you have been faithful. Right now, we would normally respond to the Lord through giving. And we're going to do that again today. You know, things are different right now. We're not passing plates. But since when did God ever need us to pass a physical plate for Him to do work? Right now, what we're going to do is we're just going to take this time. We're going to speak about it. We're going to pray about it. We're going to dedicate it to Him. And if you will, if you want to give online uh, through our website, fbcvision.com, you can do that on your phone. 
you can also put a check or money, whatever you want to do, in a plate out there. Um, what we want to do right now, though, is make it more about responding to the Lord. That right now, if we're going to sing out a song that says, you have been so good to me, that your goodness follows me, that even in the darkest times, I can turn to you, Lord. If you truly believe that, then let's respond. Let's, let's show him that we believe that. So right now, what I want you to do is, if you want to give in that way, please do. But right now, focus in. Let's give the Lord our attention. Let's give the Lord our focus on who he is and what he's done. Lord, right now, we want to pray to you that you would do a good work in the lives of those who are in this building right now that you would do a good work in the lives of the people in our community outside these doors, that you would use us to go out and do good works. Lord, use us to go out to love, to share, to build relationships with people, Lord, not only because it's the right thing to do, but because you've called us to share the gospel, to build the kingdom. And the best way to do it is to love people the way that you have loved us first and the way that you love them. God, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. Help us to be faithful to you. Right now as we give, we want to give you tithes, offerings. We want to give you attention and focus. We want to give you our talent. We want to give you the things that you've so richly blessed us with. And we just want to turn it over to you right now so that you are worshipped through giving. We want to glorify you this morning and worship you through more than just song. We want to worship you through this time, through the reading of your word and through understanding the truth that is in it. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death. And the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. Let's sing it out. And the church of Christ was born, then the Spirit lit the flame. Now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel, shall not faint. It's by His blood and in His name, in His freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me. we praise you. You are the King of Kings. What do we even say, God? Praise forever to the King of Kings. Praise forever to the King of Kings. We will praise forever the King of Kings who has been right beside us, who has been within us, who has been all around us, throughout our lives. Help us, God, to be faithful. Help us, God, to praise you forever. We can't do it on our own, but you've called us to do it. You've empowered us to be able. And we ask right now that that would be our mission. We love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Wow. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. Three in one. Whew. King of kings. And the Lord of lords. Whew. Oh boy, I hope you felt that at home. And I know some of you are home or, or standing in front of your couch and singing to the top of your lungs and the dog was probably howling. But that was just him praising too. Oh, goodness. Uh, and, I know you're, and I know that worship is sweet. But let me tell you, it's, it's something different when God's people... are gathered together. 
We're beginning a new series today. The Holy Spirit is laying on Brother Fred's heart, our pastor, and a series called uh, We're Better Together. Better Together. And today, the title of the sermon is uh, it's, a, it's basically an introductory sermon to the series that's coming. And today it's called One Anothering One Another. We just made that up. That's not a word. One anothering. I hyphened it when I wrote it and spell check, let it slip through. <laughs> but one anothering one another. You know, uh, the Bible says that we're to be together together. And while we're together together, we're to be one anothering one another. Together together is this concept that where we're together in physically, but we're also together in spirit, in mind, in our, our mind, our will, our emotions. We're together in oneness. We're together physically and we're together. We're together together. And we find ourselves in this kind of wonky place where we can, we can only be together in spirit, not necessarily physically. Now, there are a lot of you here today. Praise the Lord. This is one of the largest crowds uh, we've had at uh, this particular service and the same for the earlier service. Praise God. We are trickling back because you, probably like me, are tired of this. And I, I want to be together together. <clears throat> so we're beginning this new series of, uh, entitled Better Together. And we're going to be looking at what the Bible says, how we should live with each other as believers. We're going to talk about that and, and, the, and the challenges that, that we have doing that right now in a pandemic. Now, I don't think we necessarily understand all that it means biblically for us to be together. And hopefully, as we walk through this together, together, as much as we can, we're going to have a better understanding of how we should be loving each other and how we should be living with each other as Christians. Now, if you're here today or you're watching and uh, you're, still, you're seeking, you want to know what it means to be a follower of Christ. Yeah, you're maybe, maybe where you are in your life right now, in your circumstances, uh, the calamity is such that you're seeking Okay, maybe, maybe this pandemic, maybe you're saying to yourself, maybe this pandemic is my sign to maybe look for God. Well, thank you. Praise the Lord. We're glad that you're with us. And uh, you're, this, although we're going to be talking about what it means to live together as believers, you are not left out. This is our target of how we are to be together. And one another, one another. Okay? So, I'm glad you're here. Praise the Lord. Tune in. There are roughly a hundred places in the New Testament where the, the Greek word for uh, <clears throat> one another is used. Okay? So, this is a no kind of passed over concept in our Scripture. There, let me say it again. There are roughly one hundred places in the New Testament where the instructions for us are laid out 
as followers of Christ, of how we are to live and love one another as believers. Okay? These are basic, well, they're not basically, these are scriptural commands of how we are to be together. God's plan for being the church is being the church together. We're not meant to be on an island. No man is an island. What happens on an island, it may be beautiful, it may be tranquil, but resources run out. We need to be together. So as we are introducing ourselves to this concept in this series of Better Together, we're going to do it with three questions today. We're going to look at three questions about this concept and hopefully, we'll kind of get, lay the found, uh, foundation, the groundwork for studying all the one another statements in Scripture as we move forward during the sermon series. Okay? So there you go. That's, that's where we're headed. So buckle up. Hang on. Let's pray. God, we love you so very much. Uh, it's hard for me God, as I am transparent right now. It's hard for me to get my mind focused on what I need to say, what you need to say through me, because I am, have been so affected by worship this morning. I wish I could just stay there. I, but you have something to say. So God, I pray that you hide me behind the cross now. And that your word is clear. And your message is clear. And your truth is clear now. Now let us be together. Together in this place. And at home. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So there are three questions. Question number one. So these three questions are kind of introducing us to this concept in this sermon series of we're better together. Question number one. What do we mean by together? What do we mean by together? When we talk about being together, what do we mean? It means together, together. Like I just explained earlier. Before we became Christians, we were separate, Right? Before we became Christians, we were all living our own lives in our own way. Whatever was your God was what you were chasing. Whatever it is, or whatever it was, that was who, what you were chasing. You, we may have been, as, law, as those who are not followers of Christ, we may be drawn together by a common pursuit of an idol. An idol is a God that's not God Almighty. We may have been drawn together in a common pursuit of an idol, but still separate. Still in no unity like God meant, like, like Jesus gave us in our salvation. We were separate. We're different. But now, because of Jesus, we are one. That's what we mean by together. That's what we mean by together. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 5. If you have your Bible, 
You can turn there. If not, we'll have it up on the screen or your device. You can look there on your device. We're going to, I'm going to define this togetherness with three scriptures. All right? Romans chapter 12, verse 5. Let's look at this. It's on the screen in the, uh, in the English Standard Version. It says this. So we, this is Paul, God writing through Paul to the church at Rome. He says, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, those, and so though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. We are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. What does that mean? Well, this is what that means. We share the same divine DNA. When we become followers of Christ, when we die to ourselves and are raised again in Christ, and it's, it's, I, I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives within me, right? When, when, when Derek is, has died and, and has been resurrected, and it's not Derek that lives, but Christ that lives, that happens to all of us as believers. We all share them if it is not I who live, but Christ who lives. If it's not you who live, but Christ who lives, we all have this common divine DNA. We are together in that we are one. We're all part of the same body. Brother Fred likes to call it um, elbows and earlobes. We're all elbows and earlobes in the same body. We are one body, sharing the same divine DNA. We are the body of Christ. That's what we mean by together. What else do we mean by together? Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 through 16. 2, 13 through 16 says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, you were once who were far off without Christ, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. For He Himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Listen. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that He might create in Himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. Paul here is referring specifically to Jews and Gentiles who could not, Jews, the nation of Israel, Gentiles, everybody who wasn't. Right? That's the, that might get you half credit in seminary. That's deeper than that. All right? But that's Jews and the Gentiles, everybody wasn't a Jew. All right? They're much separated these two groups of people, right? The Jews were God's chosen people. They had been given the law. They were living like then expanded upon it and dumbed it down and made all these hundreds of laws. And then there was Gentiles who were just clueless, right? Just trying to figure it out on their way as they're going, right? And then Jesus comes and breaks down that barrier wall and makes these two people that were so diametrically different one. Everything that divided you is gone now. And you are one. One body. So what does that mean to us? We are, like I said, bound together with a common divine DNA of Jesus. And whatever barriers exist, 
that Jesus has broken them down. He has torn them down. If we then are divided, it's because we have chosen to be divided. If Jesus has torn down the walls that divide us, if, then if we are divided, we have chosen that. We have chosen division over Christ. So, we have Christ's DNA. We have become one because all the barriers that divide us have been removed, demolished. And now look at this verse as well. 2 Peter 1, 4. 2 Peter 1, 4 says this. By which He has granted us His precious and very great promises. Now, this is Peter. I guess the dead giveaway was... It's in the book called Peter, right? All right. But by which He was granted to us His precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. How, are, how else are we together? We have been given a divine nature. It should be then our nature to act like Jesus toward each other. It should then be our nature to act like Jesus toward one another. If we have the divine DNA of Jesus Christ, and all the barriers that separate us have been torn down, all the racial barriers, all the economic barriers, all the barriers of religion, all the barriers of culture, all the barriers of place and prominence and education and popularity, all these man-made barriers have been destroyed. We have Jesus Christ's DNA. Then we have no reason, we have no excuse then to act like Jesus toward one another. And if we don't, then it's our choice. We have chosen something other than what God has designed us to do, to do and be and live and love. That's what we mean together. We will learn in this process as we walk through this, these one another's in Scripture. How... We're going to learn that these one another's are how we keep the body of Christ healthy. And how to nurse the body of Christ back to health when it's sick or injured. When we practice the one another's. As of as believers, as this local church, when we practice the one another's, we, it will make us healthy. Make us healthy spiritually. Our relationship will be right with God. 
and then right with others. That's, that's the cross that we're called to take up every day. We have a right relationship vertically with the God who created us and everything else, and then a right relationship horizontally with, with other believers and the, and the rest of the world. Okay? When we are practicing the one another's, first with one another, with other believers, then we can be who we need to be in, the lost, in a world that is lost and needs to hear. When we're doing that, we're healthy. We're, doing, we're being who God called us to be. Now there are times, just like in your body and my body, that we get injured. We get injured. You know when I get injured? When I am, when I'm a 52-year-old thinking of like a 32-year-old. That's when Derek gets injured. Just ask my precious wife. I'll come in limping from something, bleeding from something. She said, yep, you did it again, didn't you? Throw some dirt on it. <laughs> Here's some duct tape. tape. Tape it up. No, it's way better than that. She's a nurse. But anyway, that's when I get injured. I go out and do something. I require, I, I require something of myself that I ought not be requiring myself. And we'll do that in the body of Christ. And you know what makes you sick? Something from outside of you will enter you and disagree with you. There's all kind of sickness that that causes. Oftentimes, that's my poor choice. But there are things that will enter the body of Christ from the outside that will make it sick. And so we have to rely on the one another's to get that out again. And we've got to rely on the one another's when we're hurt. Now sometimes we get hurt no fault of our own. Some, sometimes somebody's just being ugly or, or not thinking through something or careless and I get hurt. When we are one anothering one another, we can nurse one another back to health. You see, does that make sense? This is the importance of of the one another's, and this is what we mean by being together. Okay? Being together. We are. We have the divine DNA of Jesus. The barriers have been broken down, and we've been given a new... The barriers have been broken down that separate us, and we've been given a new nature that should lead us to act like Jesus to one another. That's what we mean by being together. Question number two, okay? I hope that fully answered that question since you asked it this morning. Question number two. What is the biblical context then for one anothering? What is the biblical context for one anothering? Alright, let me be very, very clear. One anothering should take place in the community of the local church. One anothering should take place in the community of the local church. We 
were not created to be isolated. We are created to be together. We're created to be in community. Let's look at John 13, 34, and 35. John 13, 34, and 35 says this, A new commandment I give you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. And this is how they'll know that you are my disciple if you have love for one another. There's a lot of one another's in there, right? And it's all around love. And we love each other more like Christ when we are together. Let me tell you what happened. This kind of love that Jesus has called us, He said, that he, you know, in, in John here, Jesus said, a new suggestion I give you. No, that's not what He said. A new recommendation I give you. No, that's not what He said. A new commandment I give you. That you love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you shall love one another. And this is how they will know. And he's talking about they. He's, not, he's talking about those who are outside. Those who are not followers of Christ yet. They will, this is how they will know that you are my disciple. If you love one another. You see that, how that works? The lost world understands that you're a disciple by the way you love one another. Okay? And what does that love look like? What kind of love? Well, the Bible exp- defines it. We've got to be sure we understand. Whenever Jesus says love, He means it the way He defines it. Whenever God says love, He means it the way He defines it. Not the way you define it. Love, some will, some will say, what's the matter with you? Isn't, love is love. No, it's not. Not biblically. And I'm probably going to get some hate mail over that. What? It's just the Word of God. This is what this kind of love means. It doesn't happen with acquaintances. You can't love each other. You can't one another, one another with, your, with acquaintances. Alright? You can't love <clears throat> this deeply with someone you barely know. You can't love this sacrificially. I'm talking about, ju- Jesus said, just as I have loved you, so you shall love one another. You can't love someone like that that you just run into and bump into. You can't love your waitress that you just met that way. You can't love the person that you said hello to in the aisle at the store like that. You can't. It's, that's not... You love them, but you can't love them on this depth. You can't love like this outside of the community. It's, that's why it's so important. And it's, it can sound so strange to our Western culture because we're rugged individuals and I'll pull myself up by my bootstraps and I don't need nobody and I don't need nothing. I, I, I'm looking for that in the Scripture. 
And I don't, I don't find it. We are made to be in community. And this is what happens when we love one another. It ha- it ha- this kind of love happens with people that you laugh with and cry with and celebrate with and mourn with. Those whom you forgive when they've hurt you. And you ask for forgiveness when you hurt them. And those with whom you share your burdens. And with those who you hold accountable and ask for them to hold you accountable. This is the kind of love the kind of love when we say, look, I want you to say, to, I want you to come to me. If you hear me say, look, as a, as a minister, I talk all the time to people. I give messages, I teach, I call, I email, I text, I talk a lot. And some of you are like, look, yep, I've been to your sermons, you talk a lot. But I'm bound to say something that's confusing. I need you to come to me and say, Preacher, Derek, help me understand. I'm confused by something you said. I don't want to be confused. I don't want this to be between us. Will you help me understand? Can we? That's what we're talking about. And I need to do that with you. Help me understand. Clarify. I don't want this to be between us. But we don't do that. I'll say something from the purest of hearts. And if you, someone may hear it and misunderstand, and then I'll never see them again. That's not one another. I might say something and you misunderstand it. You might, is it possible you might have heard it wrong? And then hold it against me and you're gone. And never see you again. I'm just sharing my heart here. Just sharing my heart. We can't do that to one another. That's not one anothering. That's not loving like Jesus commands us to love the way He loved. We're patient with one another. We we bear the fruit of the Spirit with one another. We have love and joy, and peace, and patience, and goodness, and kindness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. We bear those things with one another. This is what that means. There is a difference. In the local church, there's a difference with how we live in community here, and how we live in the community. Does that make sense? There's a difference. We live in covenant with one another. A covenant. We, our church, and we have a church covenant. And in order to be a part of First Baptist Church, you have to go through the church covenant and sign it. And you know what the church covenant is? The one another's from Scripture. That I will do these things. And I won't do these things. Based on the one another statements of Scripture. And it's a covenant. 
and we and it ought to be taken seriously. And you don't put your ink on ink on that line and say, I'm gonna do this, and then leave as soon as you disagree with something. That's not covenant. And that's not one anothering. We have to forbear with eat with one another. We have to have this stubbornness about us that I will not let a petty disagreement break fellowship with you. I won't. I will come to you. I will ask. I will seek reconciliation. And ask you to seek that with me. If I've wronged you, or if you've wronged me, that is the covenant. And that's loving one another the way Jesus commanded us to love. There's a difference in the way we're to love believers and, and non-believers. We're supposed to, we're, we love regardless. That's what we're commanded to do, but there's a difference. We love non-believers by sharing the gospel. We've got to be real clear here. Look, if you're here and you're seeking and not a believer yet, listen. My reason for knowing you and being in relationship with you is to lead you, hopefully, one day to a relationship with Jesus. And if it's and if anything else takes preeminence in that relationship, anything else, our kids play on the same team, we drive the same car, we got the same kind of dog, we root for the same team, I don't, we work at the same place. If, my, my, if the preeminent reason for us being in a relationship isn't Jesus, then I'm not loving you. And you're not loving me. So the reason why I'm in a relationship with you is to lead you to Jesus. And why? Because there's nothing more important than that. Nothing. That's how we're to be in relationship with, with non-believers. But, but with believers, we are to be one anothering. Look, if we can't... If... if if this community can't be a place where we love each other, support one another, hold one another accountable, celebrate and mourn with one another, with freedom in Christ, then how are we going to share that with a lost world? That's one anothering. And Brother Fred made this statement. It's so profound. Our one another, the intensity of our one anothering grows with proximity. The closer we are in fellowship, in relationship, the more intense our one anothering is. The, the intensity of the one anothering with my, my sweet wife and my sweet kids is going to be different than it is with those who I see with much less frequency. Does that make sense? Intensity of one another grows with proximity. So, 
We are to be in the world, but not of it. In the world, but not of it. And it may be better said that we're not of the world, but we're sent into it. And where we're being sent from, I know that's not good English. It's not proper English. But how about this? From where we're being sent is, <laughs> Denise, <laughs> from where we're being sent is the community of Christ. We come here together to be built up to celebrate, to worship, to grow, to study. Together, where we're held accountable, where we learn how to forgive and be forgiven. Here, we go from here into the world. And we bear what the Bible calls the aroma of Christ. Wow. Anybody ever driven by a bakery? Like a bread, fat, like Marita bread or... Oh, you don't even have to be hungry. And you'll eat a whole loaf of that. You know what else gets me? Smelling barbecue smoking. Holy cow. I can get up from eating a plate of barbecue to where I'm stuffed to the gills and smell it and still want some. And you know what? I know being a couple minutes to noon, I've already lo I just lost you. Let me tell you another place. I, I went to seminary in New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, the seminary campus was right down the road from the Louisiana plant. And you smell that coffee roasting. I'm just going back right now. Louisiana coffee and tea. Ah, wow. As, and, you, and you know, there are other pleasant aromas. There are aromas that take me back places. You know, like, uh, I can't help it. When I smell fresh cut grass, I think of misery. No, I think of... <laughs> I think of first days of football practice in August. Because, you know, the coaches, they hadn't cut grass all summer until just time for... And you always get tackled in a pile of clippings. You get up and they're all in your face mask, in your ear hole. Things like that. These aromas that make us think of fondly of places. When we are one anothering one another, when we're together, together, and we go out into the world, we bear a certain aroma. And in his aroma, of Jesus Christ. And a lost world is attracted to that. Let me tell you what, other believers are attracted to that as well. So, question number last. How can then we one another, one another, when we can't be together, together? The church has always found ways to be together when we couldn't be together. Just read stories of the persecuted church and the way they're together, together when, and, love, and one another, one another. Uh, there's a great book and it's even out in the movie form. It's called The Insanity of Christ. 
or I'm sorry, the insanity of God. What a great story of the persecuted church. Amazing. As it walks through that, that people find a way to be together. So we have been working. Now we're, we, we, we're being persecuted by some germs. Alright, so we're, be, we're trying to find ways to be creative and do things. And look, our media team has done an amazing job getting things together online. So you can watch us at home. And there, we've had videos during the week. Our worship team puts videos out for us to worship together during the week. And then Sunday morning, we've gone from recordings to live stream. That is, we have, we have developed in, in, even in this time. Uh, and praise the Lord for that. Uh, Debbie has worked tirelessly to make sure there are things for our children. Let me tell you, she cried for two days when we had to go to virtual VBS. All right? Uh, we had 115 children signed up for VBS, but, because, but when we went virtually, we had almost 300 involved. In our, in our VBS, you know, our student ministry, uh, Matthew's done a good job of providing uh, videos for the students to, be, to watch during the week. Now they're meeting. They're together together. And now, all right, our, our children's ministry has started meeting on Sunday mornings uh, and, and they're about to start back on Wednesday evenings. Student ministry on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday evenings. We're, begin, we're, we're in the process of moving back to doing some other things with our adults on Wednesday evenings too. We've been very creative. But let me tell you, that's good, but it's not as good as being together in person. It's, a, it is a, it's meant to get us through this patch until we can get back together. There's no substitute for being in person. So let me say this. Let me, let me say this. We have a, a custodial housekeeping maintenance staff here at First Baptist Church that works so hard in providing a safe environment. Now, can we get rid of every single germ? No. But let me tell you, they do a good job of, of getting it as clean as, we, as they can, sanitize as they can. I'm going to tell you that in between services, they're wiping down all the push plates on the doors and the handles and, the, and in the bathrooms. If where you might flush, that's wiped down. Everything's wiped down. Then they come in here, we got two quick draw McGraws. And they, this, this whole room is fogged in between the two services with a sanitizer to make it as safe as possible. And you may, you may smell that a little bit when you come in. It kind of has a little, little smell to it. That is the smell of safety. It's the aroma of, satis, of sanita, sanit, being sanitized. It's easy for me to say. So we are doing all that we can. We, to make a safe environment. They do that in our children's ministry and they do that in our youth ministry as well. So let me say this. I understand that there are those of you who are maybe watching now who are at home because you have pre-existing conditions and health risks that make you more susceptible to what's going on with our pandemic. 
I understand. You are where you need to be. And that's why we work as hard as we work to make sure you can be together with us when you can't be together with your church and your family. But let me be very clear. If you are not sick, and you are not at home due to a recommended quarantine, you ought to be here. There, I said it. But you've got to do your part too. You've got to wear a mask. You've got to wear a mask where it's required that you wear a mask. You've got to wash your hands 20 seconds by CDC guidelines. You've got to sanitize. You've got to social distance. You've got to do your part. And if you're doing your part, and we're doing our part, and you're not sick, and you're not at home because of a recommended quarantine, let me be very clear. If you're sick or, or home because of a recommended quarantine, that's where you need to be. But if, or have pre-existing conditions that warrant that. But if you're not, if you're do, you do your part and we do our part, you ought to be here. And I wish there were more amens. We are made to be together. But we are, we're supposed to be wise and gentle. Wise in the way that we're together. And gentle in the way we, we're together. Do your part. We're doing our part. And come back. Brother Fred's about to die to give you a big hug. Me too. So, we're to be together, together, one anothering, one another, in this place. In order to encourage, support, and equip. So, as followers of Christ that aren't of the world, can then be sent into the world to be the aroma of Christ. If you're not a follower of Christ, let me just tell you, let me just invite you to the greatest community that's ever been created. Come to Jesus. Admit to Him that you're not perfect. One slip, one imperfect thing is all it takes to separate you from, from eternity with, in heaven with God forever. Admit that. Admit what He already knows about you. Admit what He knows about everybody who's ever lived except His Son Jesus who was perfect. Admit that. Believe that Jesus is who He said He is. And He did what He said He did. And He's coming again. And that He paid the debt that your sin has run up. That He didn't owe and you can't pay. He took care of. Believe that. 
and entrust your life to Him. Come. Come be a part of that community. This community that is striving to be together, together, and one another, one another. I invite you to come. If you'd like to join a our church. You can come down. We have our, our form here. We will safely I'll make it in an airplane and fly it to you. No. no these, these forms have been sanitized and you can fill that out. And we'll tell you what comes next. If you want to follow Christ. If you want to become a, a follower of Jesus. Come forward. You can come to me afterwards. I'll have my mask on. We'll do that safely. If you'd like to just come for prayer, these stairs are our altar. You just come and pray. And you do work and business with Jesus now. Let's stand together and worship Him. Okay. 
Thank you so much for being here today, being in worship with us today. I pray that you go now in the peace of Christ and living in community, being together together as we one another, one another. Amen? Amen. You're dismissed.